Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Richard Newman from Body Talk. Richard, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth, for having me on. Our pleasure. So let's start with the awesome stuff you've got going on in the world. Tell everybody what you're doing with Body Talk. Uh, thanks. Well, Body Talk is my communication company. I've been leading the company now. I'm the founder of the company, been leading it for 23 years. And we work with people all the way around the world. Uh, I'm very pleased at the moment that we've moved away from having to do everything virtually during the pandemic, now out uh, traveling the world doing this. So we work with people across the US, uh, across Canada, uh, all the way around Europe, the Middle East, Asia, America, and Australia. And essentially, we're helping people to find their voice. So taking people in business and helping them to make sure that they, they're having the presence, the gravitas they want to have, taking complex information, turning it into clear, compelling stories, and often working with people to help them win large contracts too. So one of our clients, we recently helped them win 100% of their business pitches over the course of a year, giving them around a billion dollars of new business in the space of that time. So uh, helping people from every different background and every different level, whether it's a huge pitch or a job interview and anything in between. Well, billion dollars is absolutely incredible. You certainly can't beat that for a case study. Let's go back in time just a little bit. You've been doing this a long time. How'd you get started? Well, I got started in this really because I wanted to scratch my own itch. I think a lot of people have said, you know, experts or speakers, trainers sometimes end up teaching what they needed to know uh, previously. And so uh, back when I was a kid, I really struggled with communication. I, uh, I was very shy. I'm highly introverted. And I've also been recently diagnosed as autistic. So for me, communication was always a challenge. And I didn't really know why. And I struggled with it. And so I started at the age of about 16 reading books on communication. And between the age of 16 and maybe the next sort of seven or eight years, I read over 200 books on the subjects of communication around body language, voice, storytelling, stage presence, anything I could get my hands on, really. And at the age of 18, when my friends were going off to university, I instead decided to go and live in the foothills of the Himalayas, where I was living in a little Tibetan monastery teaching English to Tibetan monks. And the monks didn't speak a word of English when I arrived there. So I had to learn how to use my body language and tone of voice just to be heard, just to be understood day after day. And that was an amazing experience, living with them for six months, entirely cut off really from the outside world. This was before the age of Wi-Fi and all those sorts of things. They didn't even have Sky TV. They barely had electricity. They didn't 
didn't even have hot running water when I got there. And so I was having to figure out how do I communicate? How do I connect with people non-verbally? And then I studied acting in London, going to a tremendous London acting school for three years. And out of this, I developed this fascination, this passion for communication. And I started teaching it as a hobby, really. And then I needed more people and more people came to join me and word of mouth started to spread. And now we've trained 130,000 people. So it's been uh, quite the adventure. Wow, that is absolutely incredible to go from uh, no electricity, you know, no like no running water, no hot running water, no barely any electricity, not speaking the language at all to training 130,000. Um, that's not, it's so funny. It's been, my wife would say absolutely not, but it's always been on like one of my fantasy vision boards to go like live in a monastery like that. Um, got, did you eventually learn to speak Tibetan? Oh, it's a good question. Um, actually, I chose to learn to speak Nepali instead. So the monks spoke Tibetan, Nepali and Hindi. And Tibetan is quite a challenging language uh, to learn. I couldn't get to grips with it at all. But Nepali is a language that's much easier to learn. I would argue the easiest language I've ever tried to learn. And it's a wonderful language where the uh, the word for yes is ah. I'm probably not doing it very well now. I was much better when I was 18. But ah is the word for yes. And if you want to say no, that you don't want something. So if someone says, would you like a cup of tea? Would you like some rice? You say ah. Or it, to say no, you have to say I would not like the thing that you're offering me, which is a lot harder sentence. So you basically say yes to everything. So it's a very sort of nice yes, accepting uh, culture. And I got to the point where I was fluent with Nepali uh, in the space of that six months. And I thought, I'm going to keep this going. This is amazing. I'm finally fluent in a language. And there was nobody back home in London uh, who spoke Nepali. So I have since forgotten almost everything. Apart from, I have remembered the word lumbo, which means tall, gangly, giant man, which is what they thought of me. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Nepti, which means a, a girl with a uh, small nose. I think that's what it was. So <laughs> they taught me some insults along I the say, way. That'll come in handy, I'm sure, a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the only word actually of Tibetan that I know is papigyuma, which means pig's intestines. Uh, so <laughs> you can say no to. You don't want to eat them. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my goodness. Well, after that, when did the spark go? When did you get your own more gravitas, your own where you felt enough that you were communicating at a high enough level that you could start sharing it with others? And was that your idea or did someone ask you to train them and then poof, you have an accidental business that turns into a world changing enterprise? Yeah, so so very fortunately for me, two things happened around about the same time. So uh, so firstly, I was getting my hair cut uh, in London and my hairdresser said, what do you do? And I spoke to him about the monks and I mentioned my acting training. And he said, if I give you a free haircut, would you come and teach my hairdressers how to communicate? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And I left there thinking I need to get a new hairdresser because I, that would terrify me to do that. But I went back there six weeks later and he said, oh, you're the guy who's going to teach us to communicate. Free haircut today. Come back next week. And I went back the following week and I, I trained my original client then was four teenage hairdressers oh who didn't have much confidence. And I taught them and they loved it. And they said, come back another time, come back next week. And so I started teaching them and then word of mouth was spreading about my business. And at the same time, I won my first uh, major client, which was the McLaren Formula One team. And I uh, started working with them where they gave me a presentation they wanted me to deliver. And a couple of other people on my team went there to deliver this as well. And we delivered this same presentation which was very technical 
um, sort of legally worded complex information about how you would engineer the world's greatest racing car. And then I personally delivered that over 1,000 times, the same talk over 1,000 times to 1,000 different groups of people from all over the world who are coming in to hear this message. And so off the back of that, I thought, I now feel I've got enough skills. I've, I've taken all the information I got from books, from acting training, from putting this theory into practice, I feel I can now competently teach people. And meanwhile, the word of mouth about the training I was doing was taking off. And so I started to build a team from that point and gradually put this into practice. But it, it wasn't until 2014 that I finally got published in the journal Psychology for uh, putting together a, a piece of research around communication that was proving how anybody can go uh, from being fairly ineffective as a communicator to radically in improving their, their, their impact, their, their ability to convince people, their ability to lead by a huge amount simply by making different communication choices, which we then are sharing with our clients. That is absolutely fascinating. And I would imagine a thousand reps of anything, you get pretty darn good at it. So you're also now, you know, apparently an expert in race car design by doing that a thousand <laughs> times. Did they give you a McLaren as part of that deal? Uh, no, it was, pretty, it was a pretty great uh, job being there. I got to be around these beautiful race cars. And, and also I was responsible for anybody who's buying the brand new McLaren SLR uh, hand-built um, a sports car at the time, they would come into the headquarters and I would show them around and, and sort of greet them and ask them, what well, what do you do? Because they were buying these cars that were, were around uh, half a million dollars, something like that. And sometimes they'd come in and buy three of them uh, for, you know, for their wife and their two daughters or something like that. And they'd want to take a look around the facilities. So, uh, you know, I got, a, I got to be around these beautiful cars a lot. I didn't get to uh, go and drive them, unfortunately. Well, now with all the success you've had, you could probably buy your own. What are some of the biggest, most common mistakes people make? I mean, I got to think, and I'm probably wrong, but I would assume that most people think they know how to communicate. How, yeah. why, how, how do you convince them, for lack of a better word, and you could probably improve my questioning and communication, how do you convince them that the way they are communicating where they just think, I just talk, Everybody knows how to talk. How do you convince them or get them aware of the fact that that's not entirely the most effective way to do it and get them to kind of take the shift and go through one of your programs? Yeah, good question. So I often say the people who really need to come on one of my programs are the people who never show up. Uh, so unfortunately, there are some people who lack that self-awareness. And if you ask the majority of people, do you think that you are a good communicator? They say, yes, I'm above average. And that's the majority of people. So that statistically, that cannot be a, a correct. So generally speak, speaking, people show up to uh, get communication training, either because they're feeling nervous themselves and they've got a big event maybe coming up, or because they've had some feedback from somebody else that says this is not really working. Uh, occasionally I get booked by someone who says, look, you've got to come and work with our CEO. Our CEO thinks they're good, but they're really not that good. And the way in there is to, uh, if I get some video footage of something they presented, maybe a pitch or a speech at a conference or maybe a TV interview, then uh, my approach generally is to say, well, what event do they have coming up that would be an incentive for them to get some additional training? And then uh, the piece in there to, to work on with anybody is to say, okay, you've got this big event that's coming up you may as well get some additional coaching and what I always say to people is I'm not trying to take you away from you I want to make sure that you've got your personality your own style in there but I'm going to share with you pieces that allow you to have additional tools in the toolkit so that you can have a greater impact when you want to 
And that tends to make people open up a little bit more so they know I'm not trying to change them or say that they're wrong in any way. I'm always respectful of who somebody is. Uh, but the way that I tend to put it to, to people to, so that they understand what effective communication is all about is uh, sometimes people think that great communication means just being yourself. And in fact, people often get that advice where they say they get, uh, they've got a big important interview or presentation coming up and they get worried and their friends and family say, don't worry, just be yourself, which is terrible advice. This is not what you want to do because just being yourself means showing up with all of your bad habits. So actually what you need to know is some fundamental pieces that are going to help you stand out, plus have your personality in there that brings it all to life. So we're not all boring and doing exactly the same thing. So when we take them through pieces around body language, tone of voice, questioning, listening skills, storytelling skills, anything that's going to help them take their information and enhance it in a way that's actually going to be received well uh, by the people around them. And the name of the business is Body Talk. Does that have to do with the fact that you know, the vast majority of our communication is actually nonverbal. Yes. Yeah, so, so my fascination with communication actually began in the nonverbal side. And the first few years, that was really uh, what I was teaching people all around that nonverbal element of how do you get presence, charisma, gravita gravitas. Those are the things that people are most commonly asking for. And then what, what happens we, as we evolved is that people would say, OK, now I know how to stand and how to use my voice but I'm not actually sure what to say. So he so said, okay, well, let's do the talk part rather than just the body bit. And uh, let's work on the storytelling so that you can get a really compelling story that will utterly engage people. And the, the way that we work on all of these different areas, there's a couple of key premises that we allow people to keep in mind, which is firstly, when it comes to your body language or your content or your slides or whichever way you're choosing to communicate, you always want to think about one key question that transforms communication, which is something that I used at the Formula One team in order to really engage people which is to think about by the end of your communication how do you want the other person to feel how do you want them to feel about you how do you want them to feel about your message and how do you want them to feel about the actions that you want them to take and everything needs to drive towards that so your body language should focus on that your story should focus towards that and so this is a big shift for people because one of the big errors people make in communication is they're preparing for a meeting and they think to themselves what do I want to say and as soon as you've thought, what do I want to say? You've gone in completely the wrong direction because nobody's interested in what you want to say. What they're interested in is what do they need to hear and what order do they need to hear the information in to actually care at the beginning, listen all the way through and commit to some action at the end. So we, a lot of what we do now is shifting people's mindset around communication before we do anything else. That, that's a writer down there, there, folks. If you're watching or listening, if you're driving, pull over, write that down. Um, what inspired you? To, you've written at least two books that I know of. Um, you were born to speak and lift your impact. What inspired you to write the books? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I got them over here on my desk, actually. So you were born to speak. The first one I wrote here, it was very simply, I wrote that back in 2018. I've been teaching communication for about 18 years at that point. And I very frequently have people email the company saying, hey, I'm a student living in Dubai. I've only got 20 bucks to my name. What sort of training can you give me? And I'd have to say to them, the minimum training that we do would cost many thousands of dollars. So uh, we, there's nothing we can do for you. So I thought, actually, I'm going to write a book that is all of the key lessons that I've learned about communication 
information so it can be provided to people anywhere in the world as a hardback audio book and ebook so anyone can get their hands on this and all the profits from that first book went to charity as well so I thought I can support my favorite charity I can help people and I thought I want to help people just like me because I really struggled to find my voice when I was younger so I want to help want to help everybody uh, possible to find their voice and I thought that will be the only book I will ever need to write and then we went through this pandemic uh, worldwide and, and the working world changed so much and there was three major challenges we suddenly saw our clients have that they didn't have before and this is what became my second book so firstly we worked out that people were having a huge challenge around their mindset people feeling stressed out overwhelmed they're suddenly working at home sharing the Wi-Fi with their entire family trying to homeschool their children during the pandemic and then multiple people in their, their business were getting fired and they're in this place where they really needed to look after their mental health and be in a place where they thought okay no matter what happens in the world around me whatever's happening with the economy and politics and in my industry I can be the best version of me no matter what so that was the first piece I wanted to work on in this book the second thing was that suddenly we've got people having very transactional interactions with each other so gone are the days where people go nine to five five days a week into an office and they spend time around each other they build relationships they have coffee breaks together they go out for a drink after work those days have gone and so now people when they meet each other are very transactional and people are feeling lonely they're feeling alone they feel like they don't really understand each other so we've had loads of requests come up for saying can you help us build relationships with people on our team so I thought I want to make sure in this book also I show people how to have a deeper connection with the people around them and then the third piece is and this is really fascinating it's all around purpose where they found the last two years it's a bit scary but in the UK and in the US the last two years the life expectancy for people is going down and I believe that's the first time on record and this is nothing to do with the pandemic or COVID deaths or so on they, what they believe the scientists think their best reason for why this is is because meaningfulness a sense of purpose in life has gone down in the last few years so I wanted to give people a sense of how do you look after not only your mindset and your connection with other people but really look after your future and achieve a future that is meaningful for you and so that's what that uh, that um, book was all about showing people how they can lift their impact in their life and uh, with other people Awesome. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable and we greatly appreciate you spending some with us. For our folks watching and listening, where's the best place for them to go to learn more about Body Talk, about Richard and to get the books? Uh, so the best place to find me is ukbodytalk.com and that's where you can see all the services that we have and so on and the books are available uh, in all good bookshops uh, amazon is a very easy place to go or barnes and noble you can just look out for you were born to speak or lift your impact all right this has been seth green for sharpener with richard newman of body talk richard thanks again for joining us many thanks thanks everybody for watching or listening we will talk to you or see you next time why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth now i've scaled more than 20 businesses to over 100 million dollars and it's not just luck in my new book with mark tim mentor to millions you'll learn the repeatable framework i use in all my business ventures for massive success Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.